Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. ECN, the Captain's Run with Cane Corns. Yeah, hello and welcome and welcome into the Captain's Run. Cane Corns with you through until 12 o'clock today. Big show. Can't wait for AFL Nation's footy coverage tonight. Huge game. We'll speak a little bit about that with one of the best callers in the land, if not the best, Anthony Hudson, who will be behind the microphone with the best team in the business for AFL Nation. The Tigers taking on the Western Bulldogs. Carnage everywhere on the selection front and with injuries. Who wins that one? We'll get your thoughts on that, Dogs and Tigers fans. We'll go to the West and speak to Ryan Daniels. A lot of news coming out of Western Australian footy with their crowd limits and as we lead into the Derby, as they like to call it, over there. We'll hear from the Port Adelaide CEO, Matthew Richardson, on the prison bar debate and where to next for Port Adelaide. It's dominated the news cycle this week. We'll speak to the Melbourne Rebels and Ben Graham, our man, because it is 56 minutes away before the NFL draft gets underway. And Aaron Rodgers wants out from the Green Bay Packers. A lot of news coming out of that. And as the draft starts, we will reveal them live on the show this morning. If you are an American sports fan, stick around. It's going to be a big one for you this morning. We've cleared the schedule in the first hour, as we always do. The numbers one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Let's start the show with this. Well, another week, another news cycle dominated by the Collingwood Football Club. And on Monday night on Footy Classified, I was adamant that coach Nathan Buckley needed to express his coaching ambitions beyond 2021. Let us know what he was thinking. And by coincidence only, the very next day, he delivered in emphatic fashion when he fronted the media on Tuesday. The short, do I want to continue? The short answer is yes. Do I want to coach? Yes. Beyond this year? Yes. At this club? Yes. Good question. Good journalism from Jay Clark from the Herald Sun. Now, inadvertently, Buckley's admission places more pressure on the new president, Mark Corder, and the footy boss, Graham Wright. These men are going to have to decide, I reckon, within the next 12 weeks if Buckley is their man. On Wednesday night's footy classified, former St Kilda and Fremantle coach Ross Lyon was adamant that the negative narrative around Buckley is grossly unfair. I don't understand the narrative. narrative. We know that, mate. I don't understand the narrative. 2018 coach of the year, one kickoff for premiership, Mm. uh, 11 players under 30 games, Five players under 10. They haven't been blown away in a game. No Dugowie, Adams, Howe and Elliott. And we're talking about, is he coaching well? He just said the the list profile has resulted in some decisions. They're making the call. I still think it goes back to pre-season. We need to reset. Salary cap trade out. 
Let's reset. Let's get games into them. He's been calm. He's been measured. And I just don't, I don't like the narrative. I think it's wrong and he's doing everything right. Is he and he's fight? affirmed his players today. Because he's the leader. They're looking to see, oh, are you in or not? So he was compelled to say, I mm, want a coach. Mm, mm. And he's done the right thing. Buckley's partway through his 10th season in charge. There is a myth that's circulating that 10 years is too long for a coach at one club that hasn't won a premiership. But I wonder why that is. Why do people believe that? And do we discard coaches too quickly? At the conclusion of Richmond's disastrous 2016 season, Damien Hardwick, seventh year in charge, most Richmond supporters, if you were truly honest with yourself, Richmond fans, you wanted him gone. Now, luckily, the under-five board backed him in, and the results have been nothing but stunning. Imagine if the Tigers buckled to its own supporters and sacked Hardwick at the end of the 2016 season. It was similar at Port Adelaide. Coach Ken Hingley faced a backlash from his own passionate fans at the end of the 2019 season when he failed to qualify for finals again. There was a petition signed by thousands of Port fans that wanted him out. A season later, Hinkley's men finished on top of the ladder and were kick away from a grand final. And right now, Ken Hinkley is in career-best coaching form. Mick Malthouse at Collingwood, Mark Williams, Ross Lyon and Brett Ratton at Carlton weren't so lucky and were arguably moved on prematurely. So what if Collingwood don't make the finals and Bucks gets the sack? Who fills the vacancy? And Collingwood, to borrow Chris Judd's phase, phrase, won't employ someone that needs training wheels. History says they will only go for a big name. They're going to start with Clarkson, work their way down the food chain from there. Other premiership coaches such as Adam Simpson, Damien Hardwick and Luke Beveridge would be sounded out. But the chances of the Pies landing one of them is about 150 to 1. Then the attention goes to Ross Lyon or the Paul Ruse types, the successful former coaches with big reputations and impressive resumes. But unfortunately, these two men have been far from convincing that they want to coach again. And then you move on to the Justin Lepich or Michael Voss. Those are the ones that coached before with limited success but would be after a second opportunity. And at the bottom of the food chain for Collingwood is the untried training wheel types that they would reluctantly hire. We all know Buckley can coach. This season he's been let by, down by terrible list management and untimely injuries. Now that he's expressed his desire to coach again next year, his only acceptable replacement could be a giant whale such as Clarkson. If Collingwood don't want him, one of the other 17 clubs will. Collingwood fans, the grass isn't always greener. one 736 736 Who coaches Collingwood if it's not Buckley? Or send us a temper text, 0433 98 11 16. So I think the belief is, most people would say, and I understand it, I get it, is that it's unlikely Nathan Buckley will coach Collingwood next year, and that's that myth about 10 years in charge if you haven't won a premiership. That's all well and good, but Collingwood won't appoint an Adam Kingsley or a Brendan Laid or, I don't know, pluck an, a, a Robert Harvey, someone who hasn't coached before, I don't believe. And if you look at their history of the coaches that they want, it's not going to be an untried David Teague or Brendan Bolton. So who is it if it's not Buckley? And have you already got a great coach in place that needs another opportunity like Harwick and like Henkley to turn the ship around? We'd we'll love your thoughts on that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 or anything else that's caught your attention this week. Let's go to Daniel. Morning to you, Daniel. Thanks for kicking us off. 
Volcano, how are you, mate? Hey, Good, mate. Uh, I suppose just listening to what you said there, not what I call, but um, you can't put the local manager of your, your sports store in charge of Red Bull operations straight away. You've got to get um, some experience. So you need an experience coach. But um, I actually called around, I was listening to Sam last night, um, talking about super teams, and um, it sort of twigged my... I started thinking about super teams and all these players that are on massive money, and basketball is probably a lot more prevalent um, mm. than, than football, but... You look at a lot of the super teams, and it was actually Richmond was the one. That, Dusty's on big money, but most of the players have taken a cut. And Geelong have been really good at over um, a period of time where, you know, Danger come in, but he was told that he's not going to be on any more money than, than Salwood um, as the captain. You know, you look at um, LeBron James putting super teams together, and he hasn't really been that successful. But last year uh, was probably a really good example. Um, people or list managers look to put all these superstars together, they all often play the same role. Um, LeBron was very successful last year. He had Anthony Davis by his side, but he had a whole heap of really good fringe role players with him that played their role. They weren't looking to do any more. You know, psyche in the game, they didn't need the ball in their hand all the time, but when they had their opportunity, they stepped up and, and they sort of did their role and they obviously won the title. I just wonder, Richmond have been successful, Geelong have been successful for a long period of time. Do you think sort of going out and putting these super teams together is a phase that we're sort of coming to an end of and people are looking more at fringes or are we going to continue to sort of see super teams in all sport where we just put a lot of the same players together on huge money and not always successful? What are your thoughts? Yeah, is, is there any super teams in the AFL? I mean, it's different in basketball because one player can be so influential. Um, you got five on a court. One can you know, be the difference. In an AFL sense, can one player really be the difference? You know, has, has Nat Fife been the difference for Fremantle? They just don't have the same influence. The other belief is that our best players are underpaid and the sort of middle to top tier uh, rung are overpaid. So, you know, the absolute superstars should be getting, say, two million and then your, your average player may be getting a couple of hundred thousand. That's the other view. But how clubs manage their list and their salary cap is one of the most important things. Thanks for your call, Daniel. Let's go to Brendan. Nathan Buckley, mate, if it's not Buckley, who is it? And do you think you should coach Collingwood next year? Get Brendan back in a oh, second. Hello, uh, okay. Got you there, mate. Yep, have you yeah, say? Hi, sorry. Yeah, so look, I, I fully agree with you um, what you said before. M my biggest issue with Pies, with the Pies as a Collingwood supporter, I don't think really Buckley's to blame for any of what's going on on the field. Part of the the problem with pulling on the Collingwood jersey at the moment is it's going to be really tough to have pride in that jumper when you're watching your mates around you getting treated like dirt. Um, you're watching the club time and time again take a back foot on social issues, um, never leading, you know, never coming out and doing the right thing first. So the rot's from the top. Um, if you're a line manager at a workplace, you know, you get along with well, but say the CEO and the board are scumbags and you hate you know, the direction of the company that you're working for, it doesn't really matter what your line manager says or if you get a different line manager, it might have a small impact on your day-to-day, -day, but really... If the place, if, if you don't believe with the direction that the place is going from the top, mm. I don't think really the coach has anything to do with it. So I think we had a really good opportunity to bring in someone new from outside the club. Um, instead, we brought in a CEO that's been there watching all the festering for the last 13 years. We've still got board members who 
you know, they've been part and parcel of the whole problem. So I just don't see how changing the coach is necessarily going to inspire anything from the playing group um, when, you know, it, they're not getting let down by bucks. I don't think any of them are getting let down by bucks to this extent that they've been let down by the club as a whole, which, <clears throat> speaking from a, a supporter's point of view, you know, if it's anything like the playing group, it's immense the, the sense mm. of um, disillusionment that, that Collingwood supporters feel at the moment, and I imagine the playing group's similar. Good on you, Brendan. Thanks for your thoughts. A lot of people want to have their say. Let's go to Mario. G'day, Mario. How you going? Good. Mate, Nathan Buckley, mate, what's your thoughts? Okay, well, I'm a crazy Melbourne supporter, so I'm pretty pumped up at the moment. But I'm Bucks. Look, I remember years ago... Thompson down, Mark Thompson at Geelong, they were going to get rid of him. They kept him. They had success. Same with Hart. Might have just uh, lost Mario there. And that's another good example, though. Bomber Thompson. Bomber Thompson was another ripper that went through the review, going to get rid of him, bang, win a premiership. And living here with Ken Inkley, they wanted him gone. They were so ferocious about changing the coach and Ken Inkley's lack of success. Now, granted, you know, until he wins a premiership, they probably be probably could make their claim they've been proven correct, but find me a coach that's coaching better than Ken Hinckley at the moment. So you can be premature with getting rid of your coach, particularly if you've got one who has done it and has proven that he's good. Let's go to Wayne. You've got a suggestion, Wayne? Yeah, Kane, I just, when you mention your coaches, you didn't name Mark Williams, and I still think he's got value. Yeah, I mentioned uh, Mark Williams potentially was moved on prematurely as well. Look, people say I'm biased. Mark Williams... I would, I would hire. Abs- absolutely, I would. Has the time passed? Does he want to be a senior coach? I think the answer is yes. Would a club take a, a risk on him? It's not even a risk. I'm not sure. But Wayne, you don't have to tell me, mate. Um, I would, I would absolutely hire Mark Williams. Tony's on the road. Hi, Tony. Yes. Who could fill Bucks's void? What's that, mate? Who could coach Collingwood if it's not Nathan Buckley? I'd say it'll be either Choco Williams, assistant coach at Melbourne, who's played for the club and he's got match hardness, or Gary Ayres, who's played the game at the highest level, coach at Port, uh, Port Melbourne. So you would be more confident in those two than Nathan Buckley as the coach of Collingwood? Well, put it this way. Put it this way. Choco Williams has won a premiership with Port Adelaide. Right, and Buckley's been there 10 years, as we know, and hasn't got the, the, the highest accolade. And Gary Ayres, I mean, we all know how Gary Ayres played, but at least he's taken Geelong to two, to two grand finals. I'm just, I'm just calling, I'm just going for options, you know what I mean? Mm. And Choco Williams would be a great adversary. Yeah, no, that's what I asked. I, I asked you if uh, if it's not Nathan Buckley, who is it? Because we know Collingwood probably won't go for an untried coach. It won't be a lesser name. It won't be a David Teague. It won't be a Brendan Bolton. It will have to be someone significant. Gary Ayres or Mark Williams or Nathan Buckley. Which way would you go? Um, Pies fans, you can have your say on that. And is it time for the club to make a change? Richmond thought it was at the end of 2016, or their supporters did. Luckily, the club didn't. Port Adelaide was the same. Geelong fans potentially the same at the end of 2006. Or do you hang on and give him another couple of years? Robert's in Port Melbourne. Hi, Rob. Robert. 
Gets a, yeah, you're on, mate. You're on the radio, Robert. What do you want to say? No, we'll get rid of Robert. He's asleep. Andrew is on the line as well, who wants to speak about another issue that's dominated the news headlines this week. It's the uh, prison bar jumper, Andrew, that I think a lot of people are sick of. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, I'm a bit sick of it. I don't go for Port Adelaide or Collingwood, but I think Port Adelaide should just send a big F to the AFL and warm up a bit for every single game of the season. When the captain does the, goes to do the coin toss, have the jumper on, and the other players change, and then he goes back and changes because technically they're not playing in it. Yeah, technically they're not, and uh, I believe you can probably warm up in any Guernsey you want. Look, they'll be they'll do something. Their supporters will do something. It's the game they're supposed to be wearing it in next uh, next Saturday against the Crows. So the crowd will be painted black and white. Uh, let me tell you that, and they'll, this issue won't go away. So for those that are sick of it, unfortunately, it's going to be around for a while because the AFL have been so weak on it. Andrew wants to speak about Nathan Buckley. Hi, Andrew. Yeah, how are you? Good. Now. Uh, I think Buckley. Well, the only the only way Buckley will go is if if Collins can get someone like Alison Clarkson across. Yes, that's the only way that they'll get rid of him because they won't go for an unproven coach uh, or a, a person who's been re, uh, you know. Even though I like Choco Williams, I don't think they'll go with him because of um, his perceived um, uh, uniqueness. Um, the thing would be, they just need a couple. You have to go back to their their problems with their their salary cap, and who's to blame for that? Um, so they just need to pick up a couple of players, and they'll be a fairly good side. They just need to, you know, fix up their forward line um, and pick up a new midfielder. Um, although the things they got rid of, um, but I think that that's what they need to do. But I don't think they'll get rid of Buckley. I think mean, they'll give them an extension of two year contract. That's what they'll do, and. Um, unless they can get someone like Alison Clarkson across, which I think they were, well, I heard uh, from a few people that they were trying to uh, source or talk to um, and see how if he stays at uh, Hawthorne, then they'll, they'll go to Buckley. Yeah, I think we're on the same page, Andrew. Clearly, clearly performance is still going to be important. So, you know, you've got to put that on the agenda. You, you, you need to be beating teams like Gold Coast at the MCG and, and North Melbourne and the teams that are under you or around... The St. Mark and the way that you go about it is important as well, as Ross Lyon alluded to. We are 20 minutes past 9 o'clock. We'll get to Matt, Paul, Tony, Michael and Justin on the other side of this. If it's not Buckley, who is it, Pies fans? Or should they back him in like Richmond, Port Adelaide and Geelong did with their coaches who were under pressure and the results were stunning? Get involved. one 736 736 25 minutes past 9 o'clock. It's the captain's run through until 12 o'clock. Big show coming up. Looking forward to your thoughts as well. You can text us for temper, a mattress like no other. Matt's on the line. Uh, Nathan Buckley, mate, how do you see this one playing out? G'day, Kane. Look, um, I think that uh, Collingwood, we continually cut our nose off to spite our face. We did it with Lee Matthews. We did it with uh, Mick Moldhouse. And it seems now we're going to do it with Nathan Buckley. Um, at some point... We need, just need to suck it up and hold on to a fellow. When you've got a good coach like this, you just need to hold on to him. Uh, and you're right, I don't think anyone will uh, fill his boots unless it's Alistair Clarkson or someone like that, and it's impossible to get those fellows. So you just mm. got to hold on to him. Yeah, so if it can't be one of those, what's the next best? Are you going to go with someone who is unproven or are you going to continue with someone who is proven? And Nathan Buckley's proven. Uh, we know 
we know that he's proven and we know that he can coach. Now that he wants to coach, which we needed to hear, we heard it, he's passionate about it, then it's going to take someone pretty big to knock him off, I would have thought. Tony's on the road. Hi, Tony. Yeah, good morning, Kane. Look, it's a bit of a grey area, I feel, because, look, we all know Nathan Buckley can coach, but how do you define proven? I mean, you can be a proven coach and, and coach for 10 years and not have a premiership, mm. but on the other on the other scale, I mean, if Collingwood were to go down this path and replace Buckley, I, I feel the a good replacement, a great replacement, will be Mark Williams, assistant coach in Melbourne. I mean, arguably him and Adam Uzo have elevated to Melbourne to where they are now. And Mark Williams was a great player. He's a he's elevated Port Adelaide to the highest level as a premiership, and I think he'll be a great replacement as far as the. As far as the jumpers go, look, I'm a Carlton supporter and I'm standing by Collingwood on this one. I mean, when Port Adelaide, when Port Adelaide joined or got a, were granted a licence to join the AFL, I mean, they were given the name Port Adelaide Power. And plus the fact that when Port Adelaide Magpies joined the Sandfall, Collingwood Magpies actually joined the AFL-VFL before Port Adelaide Magpies did. So... There's no way Collingwood, but there's no way Corder and his realm should be backing down on this one. I mean, the black and white should remain at Collingwood, and Port Adelaide have got no say in it. They're the Port Adelaide power, not the Port Adelaide magpies in the AFL. Yeah, I'm not sure it should be a big issue for them wearing uh, the black and white jumper in a home showdown a long way away from anywhere near Collingwood in Adelaide Why once a year. Uh, or twice a year, I should say, in showdowns. I'm not, not sure why it's become such a massive issue for Collingwood. And I think you're in the minority, Tony. I'm happy to take calls from Collingwood fans, but I'm not sure many Collingwood fans are losing sleep over Port Adelaide wearing a prison bar jumper in a home showdown with nothing to do with Collingwood. Anyway, happy to take your calls on that. Michael's on the line. Nathan Buckley. Michael, how do you see it playing out? <coughs> uh, firstly, uh, you can leave Choco right where he is, being a Melbourne supporter. I'm quite happy with him. Happy but, with um, his work. Yeah, but uh, I've got a two-part question for you. How many um, rebuilds does a, a coach um, deserve to have? And has Nathan Buckley actually had a rebuild while he's been coach? Yeah, I was going to say, define a rebuild would, would be my question to you. I don't necessarily love the word Rebuild. I'd, I'd much rather do what Sydney have done, more of a reset where you keep the majority of your players, but you definitely invest in the draft, something that Hawthorne haven't done. So you've got to define rebuild for me first. We get to the 9.30 news headlines and we'll come back with a lot of your calls. Does Nathan Buckley deserve another crack? We'll take your calls on that. And Justin has a nomination for us of who could replace him. Let's catch up with the 9.30 news headlines. NFL draft gets underway in 28 minutes' time. Gee, it's an um, entertaining affair over there. Just watching the players arrive. There's white suits, there's sunglasses indoors, there's dreadlocks. It's all happening. A little bit different to the AFL draft. Would love for the AFL draft to get like this. Unfortunately, we don't know the, the players that have been picked like they do. Over there, Justin's been patient. Hi, Justin. Okay, how's it going? Good. 
Yeah, I just thought I'd put uh, Brad Scott in the ring. I know he's got a pretty cushy job with the AFL. Um, I just thought maybe the lure of Collingwood and I don't know what his uh, contract is like, but uh, yeah, I thought I'd put that up in the discussion. Yeah, he's a name that's been thrown around a little bit, Justin. I got more confidence in Nathan Buckley's coaching ability than I, you know, certainly the equal, better than Brad Scott. So would you replace Nathan Buckley, a proven coach, with Brad Scott, um, I'd be favouring Nathan Buckley if I had the choice of those two. Pips in Frankston. G'day, Pip. Hey, Kane. Um, just on the comparison to like Bomber Thompson and and Hardwick and whatever, they both had their reviews after seven years and then they won the flag the next year. Um, Buckley had a review, I think, in... 2017, so he's been through this before after seven years. Unfortunately, he was a kick away from winning a flag, so I think Collingwood sort of asked themselves, well, how long is too long? It's now they're doing it again a few years later. Um, you know, maybe it is time that they start looking around. Yeah, would your view change if the game did finish 35 seconds earlier? I know it's a big if, but you know, how much weight do you put on that? Well, that's the thing. Unfortunately, that's probably, you know, Buckley's problem that he's missed out by 30 seconds, unfortunately, and now Collingwood are going through this problem again. So at some point, they've just got to bite the bullet and say, well, 10 years is 10 years. It's a win-loss business, unfortunately. So, you know, and he hasn't brought the ultimate prize, no matter how unlucky he was. Time to move on, says Pip, with Nathan Buckley, who has had his opportunities, Collingwood fans. What's your thoughts? My interest lies with, well, if it's not Buckley, and I I get the view, and I, I probably think they are more likely than unlikely to move on from him, particularly if the results continue the way that they have been. So then what? So then where do they go is what I'm most interested in out of Collingwood because it's not going to be someone with a low profile at Collingwood. History will tell us that. Albie is on the line. You're a Magpies supporter. Albie, good morning. Thanks, Kane. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I've been a supporter since uh, since the early 60s, um, so I've been a member for that long. I'd uh, keep Bucks. I think he's coaching well. Kane, the thing that I'd really like to know is who made the decision to move on those four great players. Because mm. I think if we had those players... Uh, and look, I could mention at least six or seven others that could have made room in, 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 the, uh, in the salary cap. Uh, but not those four. So I think I'd like to know who made that decision, and I think they should leave. Well, there's a list management committee, so unfortunately it's not going to be one person putting their hand up on who made those decisions. It'll be a group of, I don't know, five or six that collectively have made the decision. So unfortunately you're not going to have one person claim responsibility for it. So there's been a couple of things that have really cost Nathan Barkley. I th- uh, the Dane Beam situation and how involved he was in getting Dane Beams back, what the club gave up for him, the salary that they paid him and the fallout from it, um, significant issue. Who decided to give Brody Grundy seven years? I think that's going to be a massive issue for the club. It's going to be really tough to manage their salary cap whilst Brody Grundy, who isn't performing like a million-dollar player for the next six years after this one, that's going to be a tough one. And then the emotional fallout and the damage that the club was done for the trade period, which we've backed over a million times. So they're, they're the issues that need to be addressed. And can Nathan Buckley survive that?
will be the question. And then you have the on-field performance for the rest of the year as well. But if it's not him, who is it? Uh, Dave wants to speak about the uh, the famous prison bar jumper. Hi, Dave. How are you, mate? Um, look, I just reckon both Port and Collingwood, you can put their heads together. There's an opportunity here for a blockbuster. They should actually play for the right to wear the prison bars. The winner <laughs> decides who, who wears the jumper the next year, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure Collingwood. So, would be, so I'm not sure Collingwood would take that deal up with the way that they're playing at the moment. So, um, yeah, they play they play against each other in round ten at the MCG, but they're not going to put the rights for the Guernsey on the line with Collingwood at one and five playing the footy that they're playing, and Port Adelaide being one of the better pl- teams in the comp. So, Dave, I'd, I'd love it. I'd love the drama behind it. I'd back Port Adelaide to win. There's no way Collingwood would do that. Appreciate your thoughts and being creative this morning. Let's go to Geelong. Hi, Paul. G'day, Kane. I'm surprised that Chris Scott's name's not coming up in conversation at the moment mm. for Collingwood. I think his more, I won't say negative, but measured coaching style probably suits the pies at the moment. Um, and that way it opens up the door for Luke Hodge to come back down to Catland. It's a good one. It's a. It's definitely one. Yeah. So I mentioned that they, if if it's not Clarkson, you know, they, they would reach out to the likes of uh, who do I say, Beveridge and um, Adam Simpson, and the like. Damien Hardwick, unlikely to get any of those. Well, I'm just googling here. That's why I was a bit distracted. He's contracted until the end of 2022. So that's not. They're yeah, not unachievable, I reckon. So Chris Scott or Nathan Buckley. Collingwood fans, a lot of people would argue that whilst his home and away record is unbelievable, Chris Scott, the uh, postseason and the finals performances isn't. Would that be satisfactory as a replacement for Nathan Buckley? Paul says Chris Scott linked to the Collingwood Football Club. Not linked, but should be linked. Matt is on the line. Hi, Matt. How are you going? Um, I'm good. I don't think there's any reason why Paul can't wear the prison bar jumpers. Uh, the AFL is really only 30 years old. So if you're going to talk about Collingwood having this long heritage in the VFL, then you need to recognise other clubs' heritage and where they've come from as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's uh, what Port Adelaide would be arguing. Uh, Look, uh, we get a lot of messages, move on, move on. We're sick of it, we're tired of it. And I get that view. I absolutely do. That's why the AFL should have made a call on this probably two years ago. And it's taken them a week before the game that they wanted to wear it to make a call, which is why it's dragged on for so long and it's topical because they got knocked back yesterday and there's been some different paperwork that's been released that no one had seen before. That's why it's been an issue. But if you don't support Port Adelaide and Collingwood, you probably don't care about this issue. So my topics are dictated by you. Ring us up and talk about whatever you like this morning. Uh, And Mark wants to do the same. He wants to speak about the jumper. Hi, Mark. G'day, mate. Um, Lovely morning here in Port McDonald. Um, Beautiful. Firstly... Firstly, uh, in regards to Port Adelaide, um, for the first 32 years of their existence, they didn't even wear black and white. They started off wearing um, uh, blue and white hoops. Then in their first three premierships, okay, they wore magenta and blue. 
So if we're going to talk about, you know, heritage and all that sort of stuff and make a big deal about it, why aren't they wearing magenta and blue considering they won their first three premierships? Oh, uh, probably because they won about 30 in a, in a black and white jumper, mate, and it's the, it's the Guernsey that resonates with their fans. It's the Guernsey that most fans are passionate about. So, I mean, you can bring up old jumpers and, and the like. A lot of clubs have had different jumpers. The black and white prison bar jumper is the jumper they've been most successful in, and it's one that resonates with their fans. The footy is all about the fans, and that's why it's so important, and that's why they're passionate about it. I appreciate you trying to sidetrack the issue. Josh is on the Gold Coast. Fisher Mackesy extended his contract to the Crows by two years yesterday. Josh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, hey, Kane, how are you? Just change Good. the topic as a Crows supporter. It's great listening to all this Collingwood and Port crap. So, um, Good man. Positive note, I just want your, your opinion on, uh, obviously, you've been a harsh on the Crows over the last few years, but can you see the culture there changing pretty quickly with all these re-signings with all the young fellas? Well, firstly, I was wrapped that he signed because I didn't think he was going to. Um, and uh, last week, I reckon, so Mark Rusciuto said seven weeks ago that they were confident they could get the deal done within a month. It got to five, six weeks out. and think I'm not that confident here. And the more you heard from people who report on these issues and are in the know, it sounded every way that he was going home. So I was surprised by it and well done to the footy club. Great job. But I'm wrapped because it should be longer than two years. When you sign a contract, you put your name in the draft, particularly for first-round draft picks. The club should have options longer than two years to keep you at the club. So I'm thrilled that he's not leaving after two years. I think it's great. And now it's over to Fisher to get himself into some form and start playing AFL footy because he's a pick six and they need him and they need these youngsters developing. But I thought it was a good news story and a win for clubs, particularly those from interstate that continually lose players. And I don't like seeing players leave after only two or three years. Thank you to you, Josh. We'll get to Kieran, David and Max. It's 19 minutes to 10 o'clock. You're on SEN, your home of sport, and it's the captain's run. You can get involved and join in the conversation wherever you're listening to us. This morning, Kieran's on the line. He wants to speak about a big game, particularly, I reckon, for the Carlton Footy Club this weekend. Hi, mate. Essendon play Carlton. Your thoughts? G'day, Kane. How you going, mate? Good. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about this week. This is more important than last week. We, we could be forgiven for losing to Collingwood because they were in the gun all week with Buckley and the players and what was going on. But this opportunity this weekend, we can go back-to-back for the young fellas, for the team in general. This could really start a bit of a mini run-on for us to just get the season going because that loss to Hawthorne and to Sydney, we could have been we could have been 4-2 four and, four and two or 4-3 and three by this time. So, what are your thoughts on the game? Are you confident? Uh, I'm 50-50 because it just seems the last four years we've seemed to find Carlton at this time of the year. And it's always, Carlton have always been down. They're always, like, getting hammered. And for some reason, they're our bogey team. Around <laughs> 7, 8, 9 or 6. They just seem to always get us in the close game. Yeah, I've, look, I, I think I, I would pick Carlton if I had to. I don't know why. Because I think I've picked them five out of six games and I think I've got them all wrong. So I I don't know why I would pick Carlton with the rubbish that they're serving up and the lack of care factor from a lot of their players and um, a lot of analysts have had a look at that and behind the goals footage and just their lack of intensity and care when they don't have the footy of the Carlton players which is the most concerning aspect of their form. That can be turned around quickly, particularly in a response week. So if, if um, David Teague trained it hard this week for Carlton. If he was hard on them, and hopefully much harder than he is publicly, they would have trained it hard and you can get a response physically from Carlton this week, which what I would expect. 
And I like where Essendon are going, but I think it's going to be an up-and-down road. I'm going to tip Carlton maybe for the last time this year if they lose. Um, but it's going to be a ripper. I'm with you. It's going to be a great game. Can't wait for it. Max in sale. Hi, Mac. Yeah, g'day. How are you? Good. Uh, what I'm looking at, mate, I'm an Essendon supporter. I'm pretty happy the way they've uh, been going this year with yep. a few in the next two, three years' time. If you have the choice right now, looking at two, three years' time between Carlton, Collingwood, Hawthorne, St Kilda, even Frio's list, who would you take looking at it for the next two, three years? Yeah, I said it on Monday. I'd definitely take Essendon over Carlton and uh, Collingwood with the, what's coming through. Um, and, you know, as good as Fantasia's playing, I think the loss of Danaher and Sard and Fantasia, they, they've definitely come out in the positive of that long-term, particularly their midfield. Uh, they've got two or three, probably three guns in there if they can keep them together. But, no, I'm with you. There's a lot to be positive about Essendon because it did start slowly and Ben Rutten was under pressure. Credit to him. He moved back up to the coach's box and um, they're in some good form with some great young players coming through. It's exciting. Dave is on the line. Hi, Dave. Hi, Kane. Um, I'm a Port supporter. I live in Melbourne. Know a lot of Collingwood yep. supporters. And I don't think it's a big deal to the Collingwood faithful with the Port Adelaide. I think they should wear it once a year. Mm. at their home showdown. And I don't think it's a big deal to the Collingwood supporters. I think it's a uh, hobby horse of Eddie Maguire, who obviously has enormous power in AFL, still even though he's not the president. So I'm setting you a challenge. Because you were very, you know, you stood up to Eddie on Wednesday night, produced that document, showed that uh, he signed a, a deal that he knew there was no going to be no more heritage rounds. Um, so this week on Footy Classified, uh, under, uh, where you, you, you search shirt and tie uh, um, jacket and uh, under, take it off underneath and show the prison bars to the nation. Stand up to Eddie. <laughs> I won't be there on Wednesday. I won't. I won't be there on Wednesday, Dave. I'll be there on on Monday, and I'll be on the Sunday Footy Show. Someone else will be filling in for Caroline Wilson on Wednesday. Uh, I yeah tried to make the point as best as I could, and I was happy with the way that I did that. It was never going to be one that we shake hands and agree on. We agreed to disagree for obvious reasons. But thank you for your thoughts. Nick is on the line. Uh, Hawthorne, Nick, you're a Hawks man. I am. Just a bit worried about this weekend. I think that we should win, but these games always seem to uh, cause us a bit of trouble over the last few years. Just wanted to get your thoughts on what you think our chances are against the Saints. Um, Not great. Um, I think responses in AFL footy can be dangerous. Now, we thought there would have been one from St Kilda last week. I think there may be one this week. I, I, I just think they've got too many good players for, for Hawthorne. So I, I admire Hawthorne continually for how competitive they are each week with not much at their disposal. Like, they rarely do they get blown away. I mean, they've won a couple of close thrillers. They could easily be 0-6 on, on the year, but they're not because they hang in there, they're competitive, they're well coached and they have a crack, but they have a void of talent. I think St Kilda have more talent if they can actually try this week, which will be an interesting test for Brett Radden and his players. The argument between Brad Hill and Zach Jones, I didn't mind. If I was a St Kilda fan and I saw two players arguing at training and passionate about getting it right, I think that is a positive sign. Uh, some people say, oh, geez, St Kilda players are arguing. That's a bad look. No, it's not. It's a great look. It's a really good look. It happens all the time. It's just that the cameras don't capture it. It means they care for once. And they're trying to work on their game to get better. So expect a response, Saints fans. I think they beat Hawthorne quite comfortably this week, but we'll wait and see. Uh, Max is in Dandenong. Hi, Max. Oh, good day, mate. Just a couple of quick points. 
Um, for Collingwood, hold on to Buckley. He is a good coach. Give him a few years and see where they go. If they don't go with him, go with Choco. Got a premiership. Tough coach. Won't put up with any nonsense. Uh, the prison bar thing, I'm sick of the AFL. Um, you know, I'm a Melbourneian. They run it like a BFL competition. I'm sick and tired of um, whoever's in charge of the AFL and their bunch of buffheads. Um, they've, they've got to get with the times. Give Port Adelaide their moment to celebrate their, their famous jumper and, and get on with it and stop running it like a bloody BFL competition. Well said, Maxie. Let's go to Andrew. If it's not Bucks, Andrew, who could it be? Yeah, g'day, Kane. Uh, first off, I'm not a Collingwood fan, so I don't really care too much, but just got a couple of points for you. In terms of coaching, I, I don't think it worked for a coach to play where they uh, to coach where they played. It didn't work for Hurd at Essendon. It didn't work for Voss in Brisbane. Uh, Leppage was at Brisbane as well, and it hasn't worked for Bucks at Collingwood. So that's my first thought. I don't know if you. I don't know if you know anyone else where it has worked. I, I can't think of anyone. Has it definitely not worked um, though? With no, I, I, I disagree with you that it hasn't worked at Collingwood. You're talking about only winning uh, a prem, only winning a premiership. Yeah, but I, I guess it just hasn't worked at all. So I just think players shouldn't coach where they played. And if I was Collingwood, I'd be going after Sam Mitchell because obviously he he played at Hawthorne. He's assistant coach there now. And I reckon the same thing. I reckon it'd be the worst thing for him to coach at Hawthorne, where he should just start fresh with mm. his club and with Collingwood. Should Collingwood go after Sam Mitchell? Pies fans, what's your thoughts? Once again, I would argue you've got a proven coach in Nathan Buckley versus an untried coach in Sam Mitchell, albeit he's got a he's building a nice resume. But who knows until he gets in the hot seat? I'd go Buckley over Mitchell. That's my thoughts. What's yours at six minutes to ten? Oh, can we sneak in, Mick, quickly? Can you make your point in 40 seconds, Mick? Good morning to you, mate. Thanks for holding. Okay, Kane. How are you, mate? Um, I'm good. Mate, you know, I'm pretty passionate, Carlton, mate. I don't want to preempt disaster, but look, oh, no. uh, I like your comments about Carlton and their pitiful output, and I just don't like it. I don't like guys laughing with their teammates, uh, with their opponents after getting four goals kicked at them. I don't like the way they're carrying on. Um, if Essendon come out to play like they did against Collingwood, mate, which I expect, there is no way we're going to cope with that in the second half. What happens next oh. week at Carlton? We'll see, Mick. We'll see. It's going to be a big one. Hey, we'll get to Ben, Adrian, Darren, Tony, and another Tony. Taking your calls through until 12 o'clock. On ECM, the captain's run with Kane Corns. Good morning to you. If you're just joining us, it's three minutes past 10 o'clock. If you're on SENSA in Adelaide, it's 27 minutes to 10 o'clock. The NFL draft has officially begun. Well, the ESPN coverage of it has. The first pick will be announced very, very soon. We'll give it to you live as it happens. The boys are looking sharp. There's bow ties. There's glasses indoors. There's all sorts of different haircuts. And it's a massive event. One that I'm very jealous that the AFL doesn't have the same when it comes to drafting our young players. First hour was dominated by Collingwood again. And Nathan Buckley, he wants to coach. He's good enough to coach. And if it's not Buckley, Collingwood fans, who should it be? And is there a risk of moving him on prematurely? I'm interested in your thoughts on that. On any other sporting topic you want to speak about this morning. Ben wants to continue the Collingwood theme on the phones. Hi, Ben. How you going, mate? Uh, I just 
been listening to the calls earlier earlier this morning and uh, everyone's talking about assistant coaches coming from other clubs to Collingwood. Mm. Why aren't the doors being belted down to get our assistant coaches out to, to go and coach elsewhere? The reason why is because they're not proven, they're not doing the job right. Nathan Buckley's just getting hammered and... Mick Malthouse, everyone talks about Mick Malthouse. Mick Malthouse had a great assistance around him. That's why we had success. Buckley so hasn't you, got that. You, you aren't happy with the coaches that Nathan Buckley has got supporting him this year? I'm not happy with them, no. I, I, I think uh, Banger Harvey needs to go. He's been there too long. Uh, Sanderson, ex-AFL coach, no one's saying give him another opportunity. The bloke that we haven't got, we haven't got the assistance to tweak Nathan Buckley's game plan, which I do believe needs to be tweaked a little bit because uh, he seems to struggle with a, a B plan. But I think... The, the more experience we can get into into the club around Nathan Buckley, the better he'll be as a coach. I believe he can coach. I believe that we're one kick away from winning a grand final and everyone would talk about how good he was. You know, he's mm. coached and coached mm. the grand final. Unfortunately, you know, but we'll, I believe we'll rob, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. So you've got to move on. Uh, I believe he can coach. He just needs more assistance. New assistants around to We've got fresh kids in. We've got all these young kids in. I think it's time that we, we move on Bang Harvey and Sanderson and and uh, hold on to Buckley. Fred. Good on you, Benny. Good on you, Benny. It's not dissimilar to what Richmond did. So 2016 um, got smashed. Richmond fans wanted Harwick gone. They wanted Cochin gone. They wanted all the players gone. What they did who did go was the assistants and they rejuvenated the coaching panel by doing that. Uh, Collingwood's um, coaching panel was light on. So Robert Harvey, Brendan Sanderson and Hayden Skipworth are the three assistant coaches. Of course, everyone's coaching departments have been smashed. So perhaps he isn't supported well enough, but that's through no fault of Collingwood. You can blame COVID on that one. Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Kane, how are you, mate? Good, thank you. All right, so two quick ones. Um, very, very quickly, Chris Scott didn't dismantle that Geelong side like Buckley did with the Collingwood side getting rid of uh, the Brat Pack, and that's why they won a flag under his leadership. So you can probably draw a comparison there. There's a definite parallel. Um, but as far as the jumper clash goes, mate, that's what's got me interested. Did you, um, did you mean Bomber all... Thompson with, with that or um, Chris Scott? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying Chris Scott didn't dismantle Bomber Thompson's side, and that's why he still managed to win a flag with it, whereas Buckley pulled Mulder's right. side yeah, apart. Gotcha, gotcha, yep. Um, now, in regards to your jumper issue that you're having over there at Port Adelaide, my suggestion would be this, Takashi. Pin the jumper to a cause. Um, because if you put a mm. well-known cause underpinning that, prison bar jumper and whether it's um, you know Indigenous deaths in prison or whatever else and sell off the Guernseys at the end of the game to support a cause, you will get that across the line because you need to have a look a couple of years back at this and kill the jumper that they wore in the Matty Rewalt's vision game. It was almost the Fremantle jumper to a T and I didn't hear the Freo Dockers jumping up and down and carrying on like a bunch of pork chops the way Collywood do. If you put a cause behind this jumper, Collywood have got no involvement in this game St Kilda of Warner Guernsey, including shorts and socks, it was almost identical to the Freo Guernsey for Matty Rewald's vision. Why can't Port Adelaide attach this Guernsey to a good cause, 
sell off the Guernseys at the end of the game and make it meaningful so the AFL can't turn around and spit in your face and say, no, yep. we've got one rule, for, like, we've got one rule for everyone else, 17 clubs, and then a different rule for Collywood. It's ridiculous. Don't mind it, Adrian. Not a bad suggestion that you make. Darren's in Blackburn. Hi, Darren. Morning, Kane. Absolutely love your show. Just Thank you. Just touching, brief, uh, touching briefly on your previous callers. Um, yeah, I'm Collingwood supporter, been a member for years. Not renewing at the moment, but... Uh, Why not, mate? Yeah, with, is that uh, financial or is he not happy up, with... No, all, all the upheaval at the end of the season came, the way they treated good people. Uh, yeah, just dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but the the jumper, I don't care. As far as Nathan goes, um, if they were to move on him, I would like to see an open and transparent process, as has been evident with the previous premiership coaches, uh, Clarkson, Beveridge, uh, Adam Simpson, all of these guys. And I, I listen to Craig Jennings a lot on uh, Crunch Time and, and when he's on mm-hmm. with Jared Weekly. And I really, really rate his opinions and he's got good insight in coaching and he's saying that the feedback on Nathan is he's a meticulous planner and preparer and everything, but he needs help on match day. Well, after 10 years, you've got a question. If you need help on match day, come on, mate. So I think an open, transparent process uh, with good assistants like Carousella, Uze, uh, Michael Voss having another potential crack, Sam Mitchell... Find, find a gem in the rough, but as your previous caller said, if they do proceed with Nathan, they need fresh ideas and not getting those from uh, Robert Harvey or Bretton Sanderson. Good on you, Darren. Thanks for your thoughts, mate, and for your passion. Let's go to Tony. Hi, Tone. Good day, mate. How you going? Good, thanks. Are you guys running a campaign to save uh, Buckley, are you? Because all your commentators seem to talk about these positive sides. But the reality is, mate, the guy's burnt two grand finalists. He's been, you know, if, if, if Colin got rid of him today, who would, who would employ him? Nobody. Well, I, I okay, don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not certain. I'm not certain on that. Uh, I think there would be two or three, perhaps four clubs interested in having the conversation with Nathan Buck. I'm, I'm not certain on that, Mate, Tony. So my, my question to you is, if it's not Buckley, who is it? Look, mate, look at Buckley's record over 10 years. He's only gone up one year out of 10 years, right? Every other year he's gone backwards. Even the grand final year, that was the only year that the Collingwood Football Club had gone forward. And the reality is, is mate, he's not good with people. It's all about him. It's just uh, even these com- these uh, interviews he's doing, it's all about him. It always ends up back to him. And the reason why the Collingwood uh, development has been stalled over the last 10 years is because he can't manage the young kids, mate. He can't connect with the young kids at the footy club. Not one kid. He's stifled blokes like Degoe that's got so much talent. He's stifling Maynard, all these guys that could be doing a lot better. Uh, they're a different coach. And Trelaw's gone to another club. He's gone to another level, mate, because the coaching, the system is all, all what's making him a better player. Mm. His skills have improved, you know. Like our skills last week were terrible. Why? Because we've got no system. And players are playing under pressure and, they, and they're making mistakes. So I think it's time to go. 
Yeah. And Tony, thank you for your call, mate. I, I, I love both sides of the argument, and that's what I asked for in, in the first hour. If, if you know you want to make your case for Nathan Buckley or against, and I appreciate your passion and I, different, I appreciate your different point of view, uh, if you're just wondering what his record is, the facts say it's 55.2% Nathan Buckley win-loss over the course of his nine and a bit years. Uh, he's played in 12 finals as a coach, 41%, 5 and 7 in finals for Nathan Buckley. And 55% home and away stacks up as it, it is a good record. It's a, it's a better than average coaching record. But I appreciate your view, Tony. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Have your say as well. Another Tony wants to continue the conversation. Hi, Tony. Hi, Gorn. How you going? Um, good. About the uh, Port Adelaide number. Um, now, Collingwood, Collingwood, when they came into the VFL, they had to come Collingwood back twice. Prior to that, Collingwood, which was Britannia, had the Geelong top, and they had to change their name. Just on a bit of a dodgy line, Tony, you might just have to wind you down, and if you want to give us a call again, if you can, if you're able to pull over and take us off Bluetooth and off speakerphone, that'd be good. I just couldn't quite hear uh, what you wanted to say, so... Pull over, pick up the phone and give us a call back and we'll get you back on, mate. Uh, I guarantee you that. Let's go to Fogg, who is sick of Collingwood. Is that right? That's right, Kane. I was wondering if you could uh, employ a one-hour pies amnesty and, you know, they're one in five, uh, having a bad year. How about we talk about, you know, teams going okay or... Well, what do you want to talk about, mate? As I always say, it's your show. The topics are dictated by the callers. So you want a pies free radio? What do you want to talk about? Well, how about the Gold Coast Suns? If they beat, I did some math, if they beat the Pies on the weekend, they'll go into the eight, and I reckon it wouldn't be too deep past me. They've been into the eight at this stage of the year. Okay, Foggy wants to talk about Gold Coast. Uh... That might put me to sleep. But anyway, um, you can talk about whatever you want. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Mohammed has done that. Hi, mate. How you going, Kane? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Just making coffees and matching Cohen and Dingley, pumping them out. You should come one Beautiful. day. Beautiful. Sorry, well, sorry about Eddie the other night, but you know what I mean? He's, he's, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Just quickly, Kane, um, I think Bucks is a good coach, but we need good assistance. And I'll always reckon Nick McGuan should be there. Nick McGuan's the best. He's got a really good football brain. And even David Parkin was quoted a year ago. So I reckon Bucks is a head coach. Morewood, Shane Morewood, Craig Stasevich, Mick McGuan. You can't go wrong. Black and white through and through. What do you reckon? Mickey McGuan, full-on black and white coaching panel at the Pies. Now, he, d- he does have a smart mind. I, I enjoy his columns in the Herald Sun. Mickey McGuan, he's a great anal- analyst and-, and a good guy. We've had him on the program before. So uh, I-, I hope he does if he wants to. I'm not sure if he does get back into the AFL system. Good on you, Mohammed. Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, Martin is on the line. Nathan Buckley, Martin. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, look, Did you just um, call me hey, Dwayne? Uh, sorry. Um, Kane? I missed. Kane, I mean Kane, sorry. Uh, no, I watched him last night on the football and I'm a passionate D supporter and um, I heard him last night on the radio doing the commentary, so uh, sorry about that. That's no, okay. I'm, I'm happy to be compared with the great Dwayne Russell. Yeah, no, no, Kane, I know it's you. Um, I listen to you every Friday. Um, look, no, I'm a passionate D supporter, at least once a fortnight, and I've tried for two years to keep Nathan there. Nathan's doing a great job. He's done it. He's done a lot of good for a lot of people, including um, Footscray. And, um, you know, it was just that one kick that um, Sheed, I think, kicked that sort of put them out of their misery. And, uh, 
you know, we, we love to, Melbourne love to hate Collingwood, but it, on this occasion we're very passionate about Collingwood and we want them to do well because we've been down in the in the cellar a long time mm. and uh, we're very happy with the way things are going. But, um, no, look, try and keep um, Buckley there forever. I just want him there as long as possible <laughs> and um, just to hang in, sign him up for another eight or ten years <laughs> just so that they can go through a couple of rebuilds, you know. And okay, then, um, Martin. Bit cheeky, bit cheeky. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. Like, how how long, how long is too long? At some point, you know, it, it ends. It's just whether that time is now or whether he's got another run in him. Happy to change topics to whatever you like. The NFL draft pick one, the Jaguars are on the clock. So Trevor Lawrence is the man that everyone thinks is going to go number one. He's currently on screen. So we'll give you the first pick in the NFL draft. We'll speak to Jai and Danny on the other side of this. My traffic. Drive with Bob and Andy, live this afternoon on SEN. So, Richo, what's the next step for the club to take it from here? You need the Hills Auto Garden Hose from Aussie Hoses. This 20-metre hose has begun. You get 10 minutes for your pick. It's down to 3 minutes and 34. You think they would have known who they're picking by now. I love the drama of it, um, and I'm sure that was a message from the broadcaster to take all your allotted time so they can look at it and build the suspense. But in three minutes' time, time will run out, and we'll tell you that Trevor Lawrence is going to be uh, drafted number one to uh, the Jags. We'll give you that to that you that soon, I should say. Hey, let's head west because plenty of news coming out from that part of the world. It's been drama-filled. There's been a lockdown, all sorts of things happening, which has thrown the AFL world into chaos. The best in the business is Channel 7's Ryan Daniels. He joins us. Hey, Rhino, thanks for your time again, mate. No, happy to be here, Kane. How's it going over there? Is it nice and lockdown-free for you guys? <laughs> well, it has been, but we, we know that that can change at any minute. So, fingers crossed, yeah. the rest of the season remains uninterrupted. So, news yesterday, I think you were thinking, and just judging by your Twitter feed, that crowd for the Derby would be 50%, but uh, good news, yeah. it's going to be 75%. Yeah, so that, basically all the conversations all week were heading towards that 50%. I think that's what the clubs were planning for, although they were dreading it. Um, but there was a concession late yesterday, essentially everyone going to the footy will have to wear masks. Uh, and from what it sounds like from our police commissioner, Chris Dawson, it, it's going to be pretty strict. So if you don't have your mask on, if you take the piss, you're out. So I, I don't think they're going to muck around with it this time. So the good news is 75%, which shifts things for um, the Eagles in particular. That basically means all their members that are seated can get seats and their corporates mm. as well. Uh, and there'll be a few that don't get used that can then flow on to general public, which will be snapped up by, you'd think, some Freo fans. So it's a really good result uh, and a bit of common sense. I mean, there's every thought from uh, from some within the industry that it could have just gone back to 100. But our uh, Premier, Mark McGowan, wears sunscreen at night. So there's, uh, he <laughs> likes to take it pretty safe, uh, old Mr. Mark McGowan. So we'll take the 75% and we'll bank it. Yeah, if the speed limit's 60, McGowan's driving at 50, isn't he? Correct, exactly, mate. And he's got two seat belts on, just to make sure. Mm, all right, uh, just to the NFL, right? I'm not sure how big a NFL fan you are, but the draft is on. The pick is in. Trevor Lawrence has gone to the Jaguars. Oh, huge so, surprise! Yeah. What a huge, massive no, surprise! No, they, they, they took they took all of their allotted time, but 
uh, the pick is in. So we'll keep you updated with the live Brilliant. NFL draft as it's happening right now. Hey, mate, talk to me about the Derby. I've written in the Western Australian this morning. I don't think it rates in terms of the AFL's best rivalries just because the fact that Fremantle continue to get bullied. They've lost their last 10 by an average of 37 points. Can it be a significant rivalry if it's so lopsided? I think you're right. I read your column this morning. It was very good. Uh, and I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's sort of the derbies have been weird over here for a long time. The first sort of 10 or so were dominated by West Coast. It didn't. It wasn't really a rivalry as such. It was more like when will Frio finally get mm. one? And then they finally did. It evened up for a while. We had the Demolition Derby, which is probably the best game of a home and yep. away season we've ever had over here, which where there was fights breaking out left, right, centre. Clive Waterhouse kicked seven, if you, if you believe that. So it was it was all on. Um, and But the last sort of 10 derbies have all been very one-sided, very ho-hum affairs. There hasn't been any that have really been standouts. I, I look, I, I'm excited for this derby for, for one specific reason. We've got a team in West Coast that have been really good and, and sometimes great for quite a long time now under Adam Simpson. It's obvious that they're now in regression. They're, you know, they're heading toward the, the very much of a closing of their window. I still think they've got a little bit left in the tank, but what we saw last week is a giant red flag. Now, they're on their way down, but they're still proud. Fremantle are clearly on their way up. They've got a lot of good young talent, and they've sort of met in this weird little uh, spot where they're in the same place in terms of their window. Frio's is very slightly open, and West Coast is also still almost closed, but still there. So I'm fascinated to see if West Coast still have anything left in the tank. Do they stand Mm. up and actually put up a performance that's not embarrassing and weak? Or do Frio just do what you wanted them to do in your column this morning and, and stand up and go, you know what? Nah, enough's enough. You know, this is our team now, our town now. We're going to take it from here and we're going to have the success in the next five years while you guys enter a rebuild phase. So I'm fascinated to see who stands up. And, and a lot of the derbies are all full of hot wind. I think mm. this one might actually be one that matters a little bit. There's no doubt there's going to be a response from West Coast. So, you know, the coach calls you weak and basically yeah. embarrassing, as you alluded to. A lot of proud players in that side, so they'll respond. What's the media coverage been like of that performance against the Cats last week? Yeah, very strong. I mean, it's a, it, it is an Eagles town, uh, and some in the media over here get criticised for not going hard enough. But, I, look, I think West Coast has been under the pump. You know, they've been embarrassed. been a lot of jokes about their fans wearing masks so they can just pull them over the eyes if they put up another performance like that on the weekend. So they, they are copying it, and they're a proud club. The issue is, Kane, that they don't have the same guys on the park. And mm. this is not using injury as an excuse, but it's very easy to say, right, these guys have got to stand up. Well, I don't know if they have the cattle at this point. Like, Jeremy McGovern won't play. He's out. Uh, he, he's injured. They, Tommy Barris is under an injury cloud with a shoulder. Look, I think he'll play, but whether it'll be 100% or not is going to be an issue. Um, they've got Hearn and Kennedy returning from injury. These are 30-plus-year-old guys. They're not young anymore. Um, Luke Shuey and Elliot Yo out. So they're missing a, a whole heap of their best players. I don't know if they have the cattle to stand up. Mm. There's a lot of Jackson Nelson, a lot of Jack Petricelli, a lot of Liam Duggan, these sort of second, third-tier guys. Um, I'm not sure they're quite capable yet of matching Frio's best. Um, so it, it, it's an issue for West Coast going forward, and particularly in, in this game this weekend. Um, can those other guys replace some of those big-name stars? Yeah, and so Frio, uh, I'd much rather be Fremantle for the future than West Coast, and they've won their last 100%. three. They're four positions higher on the ladder. Yet, of everything you've just said, West Coast start favourites. Yeah, they do. It's kind of similar to 
you know, you always see Collingwood and Richmond because they've got such massive supporter bases. They're often, the odds are a bit skewed in their games. We've yep. even seen that with Carlton the last couple of weeks who have been favourites or close to favourites against Port Adelaide and Brisbane, um, which is just remarkable when you consider where they're all at. Um, so that tends to happen over here too. I think they right. started the week far outside as Fremantle. And the money's come in for, not that we're on a betting show, but the money has mm. come in significantly for Fremantle. I've tipped them. I think they'll win by a couple of goals. Form says that they're the better team right now. Fife and Mundy are playing better than any West Coast players are at the moment. I think they're probably the two, in terms of midfield tandems, the informed tandem in the comp in the midfield. Um, and I, I think they're going to win the game. Saying that, I think it's going to be pretty close. Um, but, yeah, if you wanted to pick a club now, if you were buying shares, you'd be buying Fremantle shares for sure because their trajectory is 100% on the way up. Nat Fife's kicking is a talking point. Can you be an absolute out-and-out champion if you have a significant weakness? He's kicked 112. Is it an outlier and something that can be fixed? Look, I think it, it can be. It's always been something that's troubled him, more so his set-shot kicking recently than, than his field kicking. His field kicking's improved a fair bit in the last couple of years, but it has always been his Achilles heel. I think the thing is, all great players have a flaw. No one's perfect. Mm. Uh, And if Fife was, you know, kicking at 85% efficiency, he'd be the greatest player that ever played the game. Mm. Um, He's that good. So, look, he does a lot of really good things well. I I saw the the sort of the narrative this week that, you know, can he be great with that one flaw? I think the obvious answer is yes. He's a great player and and, he's a two-time Brownlow medalist. He's carried a very average team on his shoulders for a long time. Um, but in saying that, you know, if Fremantle are going to have any chance of advancing up that ladder quickly and playing finals this year or, you know, hopefully contending for a flag for their case in the next two years, he does need to be more efficient. That 2013 grand final, it's a long time ago, but there's long memories of him himself and a few other Dockers missing gettable set shots in a game that they probably could have won. And you think if Fremantle win a grand final in 2013, does their whole club look different? I think it does. Mm. Um, so he knows it's a big issue. I think he thinks he can fix it, but he is still a great. He's definitely a great player. Uh, I agree with that. Hey, mate, thanks for the update. Lots happening in that part of the world. And let's yep. hope for a cracking game that's more even than the last 10 have been. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. No worries, Kat. Just before I go, Luke Ryan is a test as well. He's got a calf issue. They put him right. through a test later training yesterday. Doig medalist, All-Australian, obviously significant for the game itself. So just keep an eye on Luke Ryan. We'll do that, mate. That game and those teams won't come out until Saturday afternoon, considering it is a 4.40 Melbourne time fixture. The last game of the round is the Derby, which West Coast have won the last 10 by an average of 30. Well, that is the sound of the NFL draft, the noise that is made when the picks are in. So we told you that Trevor Lawrence has gone to the Jags with pick one. He's a quarterback. The first three picks were quarterbacks. The quarterbacks, I should say. The Jets pick next, and they went with a guy, Zach Wilson, quarterback, uh, to the New York Jets. Then the Falcons picked with third. Sorry, the 49ers picked with third. They moved up in the draft to get this guy, Trey Lance. He's gone. And then pick four was just in moments ago. That was Kyle Pitts, who went to the Atlanta Falcons, who becomes the highest tight end drafted ever in the NFL draft. It is all happening over there. There's green suits, there's sunglasses, there's interesting haircuts, there's hype, there's buzz. It's all happening. It looks a lot different to what it looked last year when all the players were in their homes on Zoom when they were drafted. It is a massive event. The coverage of it is magnificent on ESPN. We'll keep you updated as those picks come to hand. We just heard from... uh, 
Matthew Richardson, the Port Adelaide CEO, excuse me. Gillan McLaughlin had his say on 3OW this morning. David Koch said that uh, the AFL threatened to take four premiership points off Port Adelaide if they wore the jumper in the showdown next week. Here's Gill's response. <laughs> the answer is, what are the sanctions if, if um, Coles Breach rules as a wide variety of sanctions? That, that, that's a distraction, and I've had a number of amicable chats with David. I get on well. The, the where we are is, is is simple. I completely understand David and Port Adelaide's argument. They've played in the prison bar before. But however we got here from 30 years ago, there is an agreement in place updated two years ago and we respect agreements and so to vary agreements you need agreement from the parties to the agreement this is a port adelaide collingwood agreement Mm, interesting um he was also asked whether there was collusion between he and eddie because eddie knew the heritage round was going gill said that he didn't well of course not neil's ridiculous notion and moreover the agreement of 2007, which that refers to, was updated in 2019. So there is a new agreement in 2019 between Collingwood and Port Adelaide, of which we brokered, and which allowed the use of the prison for last year and had a whole series of other stuff. And what Port Adelaide is saying now is, yes, our position has moved on from then. We only wanted to play in the 150th year, but now we want to play in the showdowns. And I think it's a fair request. That's and what, what we need to do, what we've done is pass to say, okay, we're going to vary the, we want to vary the agreement, and we need to sit down and go through the right process with Collingwood and work out what the uh, what the understanding is. But whether we believe right or wrong, there is a signed agreement between the two parties. Uh, we'll move on from that now. I promise you we won't talk prison bars unless you want to call up and talk about it in the last hour. Pick five is in for the Bengals in the NFL draft. Where's my sound effect? Ah, oh, it's gone. That's okay. He's a wide receiver. His name's Jamar Chase. He's got a white suit on. He's got dreadlocks, and he's wearing big black sunglasses, and he looks like an absolute character. He's going to put bums on seats. Don't worry about that. Quick, unbelievable athletes over there. So Jamar Chase has gone to the Bengals with pick five in the NFL draft. Craig has been waiting. You want to speak about Nathan Buckley? Hi, Craig. Yeah, mate. I'll try and be quick in the news. He's coming up. Look, um... I'm happy with Bucks at Collingwood. Um, when you look at it, it's one of the hardest things to win is a premiership, yet we've played him five five of the finals while we've had him there. So um, I think we need to lay off him a bit because it's one of the hardest things to get. And when you look at players like Plugger Lockett, Lenny Hayes, Robert Harvey, even Buckley himself, and the greatest Gary Ablett, never won a premiership. Never won a mm. premiership, but we still say they were great players. Yet as soon as a coach doesn't play in the finals for one year, bang, get rid of him. Not a bad point that you make. We'll get to Steve on the other side of this and open up the lines. You can talk about whatever you like. We've got Over and Under. We've got Hutto coming up. There's a big edition of the quiz. And Ben Graham for the latest on the NFL Draft. By the name of Ben Brown, four years. He's not going anywhere. No one's going to have him. No one's going to pick up that deal. Makes it tough to keep a hold of the likes of Wiedemann. Uh, righto, we mentioned the game tonight. It's a massive Friday night game. We've been waiting some time for the AFL Nation call team is the best in the business headline by our next guest, Anthony Hudson. Hutto, good morning. Kano, good morning to you, mate. And good morning to everyone. What a, what a day for football, if you don't mind, this time of the year. Uh, it's always like this in Melbourne at the end of, uh, end of April, about Stop. 24 degrees, and it almost feels like we're heading into September. 
Stop it. It does feel a little bit like that. And the footy should produce something like that, albeit you know, some big outs, unfortunately. Dustin Martin, um, the, the most of those. And Kane Lambert's a, a really good player as well. Clearly doesn't have the same profile as Dusty. But at the Bulldogs as well, Dunkley and English, the big ones, will miss. Um, Western Bulldogs will start hot favourites, Hutto, should they? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think they should, just given the injuries and and Dusty doesn't miss too often. I think their record is two and two without him, but it's just it's not enough data because they mm. just haven't missed him that many times. It's just do you have faith in the Damian Hardwick system to be able to get things going against a team that's red hot? And you you mentioned the injuries, but you, you do feel like they'll be able to cover the, the Bulldogs with their depth at the moment mm. in the midfield. They'll be able to cover those players probably better than Richmond can cover Martin and Lambert because, as we know, they actually work together so often, don't they? And, you know, Lambert covering what Martin doesn't do. So it'll be a real challenge. If the, if the Tigers can win this one tonight, and um, you know, then there's no reason that they can't do what they've done for the last three or four years. And I know seeing you on the shows during the week that you, you're, you're sticking with them. And, and I am too, but I do think tonight that the Bulldogs should win. But it'll be fascinating to see whether they... You know, whether they continue on in their awesome form or whether or not they, you know, the, the bright lights Friday night and the expect going in as favourites, which seems ridiculous against yeah. the team that's run through the last four premiers, whether they can, you know, still produce their, their best under those circumstances. I'm just not brave enough to, and I, and I haven't seen anything, like I watched them against Port Adelaide and I thought they, they lost, but they were, they were pretty good. I mean, the most concerning one was probably the Sydney game. For Richmond, other than that, and, and the Melbourne, I even thought they started that game pretty well. I'm just not yeah. brave enough to write them off with their history, but there's been some brave souls that have, and they've gone early. Hutto, could that come back to bite them, do you think, with Richmond? Well, one of these years, Richmond will, you know, won't After, do it. Yeah. We just don't know when it is. Mm. And in some ways, not that you go out to lose early in the year by design, but it kind of helps you your year, doesn't it? Because you, you are coming from behind, and you know, it, it does give you a, a reason to get the hunger and all those things that they've done so well. So, you know, you don't deliberately get injuries early in the year, but it just seems like it's happened almost every year for Richmond. So, you know, can they do it again? Um, I look at their midfield at the moment and, it, it, look, it, yeah, it's still good, but it, it's, it's definitely not as, as strong as, as it is at its best. And, and that's the area where the Bulldogs just should be dominant. It was interesting, as everyone knows, Melbourne used a lot of handball last mm. week. Now, it was greasy in wet conditions. It shouldn't quite be that tonight. But, um, you know, Richmond have had that ability so often to just adapt as the season's gone on, just slightly tinker with their game. So they'll be ready for the challenge tonight. It's just whether they can stop the Bulldogs and, and the way they're, they're playing at the moment. So, yeah, I, I can't I can't wait because you know, last year they, Richmond smacked the Bulldogs, didn't they? So, and they, was, you know, they were hoping then that they would have... Um, produce more more than the, what they're able to do but this seems to be a different Bulldogs team. So four changes for the Dogs, no room for the number one pick in the draft, Hugo Hagen they've given Josh Shackey the nod, were you surprised by yeah. that at all? Uh, probably not surprised mm. I, 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 I did the VFL game the other other week and, and Jamara played okay, the, the two goals he kicked were, two of the five goals he kicked were kind of you know from the goal square um, I think they're making him earn his spot and maybe just putting him on. You imagine what the hype would be tonight. So they probably don't need that. And Shaki's kicked some goals. And if they want him to be part of a long-term solution um, or at least be a possibility to be part of it, then, you know, he, he, they probably had to pick him. And he can play in the ruck too. That's the other thing. So 
they could have gone for young Sweet and, and also picked Jamara, but I think this is probably the wise the wise um, wise move. And so, you know, given the way the game's being played now, Shacky that should suit Josh Shacky because he can lead up and take a mark. So, you know, he he gets another chance and, and we get to see whether he can produce at the top level or not. Yeah, depth everywhere. As we move on from this game tonight, who are you more worried about, uh, St Kilda or Carlton? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. I, I, I'm doing the St Kilda Hawthorne game. I've, I've seen it quite a bit of the Saints. I, yeah, I, I, you know, like everyone, I'm just worried where they're at more broadly, mm. as, as you have to be with Carlton as well. I, I, mm. I'd love to answer your question, but I'm, the answer is I'm really worried about both. I, I think St Kilda is capable of more at the moment, but um, you just want to see it, and um, it's just so hard to it's hard to see why they've played as poorly as they have. And the West Coast game, they turned it on, and then Richmond, they were smashed. And I was expecting them to be better last week, and they, you know, there's no doubt what Brie Ratton said was true that they had, you know, they had the, some chances in that forward in the first quarter, but after that, they were just they were really just whacked. So they've got some real issues and, um, you know, they'll, they'll want to produce not just on the weekend against Hawthorne, but you know, for, from here on in and, and, and be much better. And, yeah, Carlton, gee. Uh, yeah, you, I, I think, like everyone, you, you want to see whether those kids can play or not. It's got this, yeah. we, we have to see them in their... In their um, I've shared the view that a lot do, that we have to see them in the positions that they played as juniors and, and we need to see that soon. The other big story is Collingwood. Clearly, it's sort of dominated our show this morning. Um, yeah. Pressure on Nathan the next two weeks because they're teams he should beat. But how how do we judge him? And now that he wants to coach, because I wasn't sure whether he did, but he said it during the week, so you take it for his word. Does that put extra cr- pressure on the club to, to make a call in the next two or three months on his future? Yeah. I, I mean, they're going to have to make it anyway. And it, it, it to probably takes in some way, well, it takes the heat off Nathan a little, well, a tiny little bit in that, uh, as you said, it kind of puts it back on the club. But yeah, the next two weeks will obviously tell the tale. I guess, you know, they've got to, they've got to assess, and as Nathan no doubt has already, how good their kids are. And is he the right man to, to bring them through this year? They've just got to, you know, show, show that they, they can do that um, and get, get some positive signs out because really the way they've been playing, um, it, it's, it's sort of hard to see, but there's no doubt with Dacos next year, you, you can paint it, you can paint a picture pretty quickly, can't you? That, that they're going to be competitive within a couple of years. So they've really only those on the inside will know what he's, to me, it's really mostly about what is his connection like with that group. Mm. Now we, he was able to reinvent himself to some degree, in, you know, 17 going into 18 19, you know, wasted opportunity, but in, you know, whether they were good enough really to, 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 to challenge for a flag, I'm not sure. But given the opportunity they had, they, they wasted it. But since then, it just hasn't really worked. So they need to make an assessment from the inside as to whether mm. he's the man that can get the best out of his list, don't they? And really only they can do that. It's, it's hard to, uh, for us to judge from the outside, but from what we've seen so far, it, it hasn't really been evident. But they have had a lot of injuries, so you've got to take that into account. Hey, I don't think you did the Crows game. I think that might have been uh, Dwayne last Sunday. But uh, the, the Tom Lynch situation was was fascinating to me. It was, it was comical, really. Now it's just come out this morning, a few hours ago, that Tom is not playing. He's been well. He's giving some week off to rest the toe. But after the game, Matthew Nick says Tom is not injured. He requires painkillers at the moment to play, and he's done that for three weeks. He's fit and he's ready to go. Now he's been left out due to injury. What did you make of the sub debacle at Adelaide? 
Yeah, you're right. I wasn't doing the game, but I, you know, I watched most of it back. Um, and certainly was watching what I've never seen. I mean, we haven't had that many subs, but I just, it's hard to get your head around. And, and I saw what you said on Monday night. Matthew Nix, um, they, they just needed to, to, I think they just needed to, to own it a little more than they did. He, he's certainly happy to, to say that, you know, to criticize, you know, uh, to own elements of what they weren't able to do on the field. So I don't understand why they didn't just say we made a mistake um, and and move on. But yeah, it's it's, a, it's hard. It's, I don't know. It's hard to explain why they did what they did. And I think they should have just said that it was a mistake and um, and that they won't go down that path again. And now he's out injured, which makes it even yep. more interesting. Hey, Hutto, have a great call tonight. Look forward to tuning in with the best in the business. Hopefully it's a cracker. Yeah, hopefully it will. I'll, I'll tip the Bulldogs, but uh, I will not be shocked if the Tigers uh, show the true character that they have to us all over the past four or five years. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Jared Waitley, Jared Healy, Jordan Lewis, and that man, Anthony Hudson, on air from 6 p.m. Turn your TV down, turn your radio up, sync it up, and get the best call of Friday night football. Uh, just some news around the competition and around the league. Uh, Port Adelaide coach Ken Hinckley has just confirmed now that Fell Draft live at the moment. We'll keep you up to date with the Dallas Cowboys who are picking next. But let's catch up with the Melbourne Rebels. Our man Cam Orr from the Rebels. It's the Rebels taking on the Auckland Blues May 15th at Amy Park. That's going to be a ripper. Cam, thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, Kane. Thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, important response last week with that win over the Waratahs, but it wasn't enough to qualify for finals, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it was a tough one. We left it out of our hands. Um, we, it was pretty tough having that on the Friday night, seeing that, and then having to back up on the Saturday and still have that momentum going into the game. But look, credit, there was, there was a lot of great attitude on the day, and we you know, we scored the most points we've scored all season in a game. So definitely puts us in good stead, and now we've got a couple of weeks to refine things and build to the Auckland Blues. Couple of red cards, Cam. It got a bit physical out there, did it? It's spicy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I think the game is is patrolling that head high tackle quite quite frequently now. And look, it, it compare it to a couple of years ago, those probably weren't reds and just yellow cards. But look, it is for the benefit of the game to look after people's you know concussion and head head protocols. So look, we, we unfortunately had yet two red cards, which put us in a bit of strife in the game. But um, hopefully, those boys will be racked for round round two of the um, New Zealand comp. What's the protocols like with concussion in your leg? It's topical in the AFL at the moment. Players have to miss 12 days with concussion. What's the process if one of your players gets concussed? Yeah, look, as soon as they can see something on the field that you know something's pretty symptomatic of a concussion, they'll pull them off, give them a, a head assessment and then judge from there. If they're judged to have a uh, concussion or something, they'll come straight off and then it'll be monitored. There's like a return to play protocol as well. So you've got to hit certain barriers and there's different scat tests and scans that they do before. So you have baselines you follow. So if you mm. don't hit those, you'll, you'll have your time out. And um, so, yeah, they're, they're quite scientific when it gets to it. Um, there's not many smart ones out in the, in the forward pack, so the standards <laughs> aren't too high to compare it to. But, um, yeah, they have some pretty stringent measures in place, which is good for us. Good to hear. Hey, mate, you're going to turn your attention to the Trans-Tasman competition. That kicks off, as I said, in Melbourne on May the 15th. You're going to host the Blues. How strong is this comp? Oh, massive. I mean, the, these teams are filled with All Blacks and they're renowned, obviously, for, for their rugby union. So this is these are the best teams in the world and a couple of these provincial teams would, you know, be likely the best team in the world. So 
we really, really want to put, try and kind of apply our trade against them and show that we can hold it with the best. But, you know, we, we just don't want to, you know, be a standard and just try and compete. We want to, we want to win. We want to, we want to come out of this with yeah, good results and good victories and really, really put our foot forward. Good on you, mate. Loving your work on Rebels Radio on SEN as well, Tuesday nights from 9. Absolutely dominating. Cam, thanks for your time. No worries. Thank you for having me, mate. It's the Rebels taking on the Auckland Blues, May 15th at Amy Park. Visit melbournerebels.com. It's time to play Overs and Unders with Kane Corns for Tampa, a mattress like no other. Yeah, get the statement read out, decide whether the answer is over or under that statement. So let's go with number one. So Brown got the perfect start for a full forward about a minute and a half ago, and he's oh, capitalised here with a magnificent kick. He didn't have his range early last week. He certainly got it today. And Hello, Kane. I must say it's a great honour to be invited to take part in this award-winning segment over or under. Let's open the batting, shall we? Ben Brown will play his first game for Melbourne on Sunday. Tell me, he'll kick two goals, over or under? Over, Sammy, and welcome to you, and thanks for your help. Uh, I think nice soft kill and a not, not a bad selection uh, move from Simon Goodwin. Get your good players in the side. He's a good player. He knows where the goals are. Interestingly, he's kicked three goals from his last six games, and his last game was in round 10 last year where he was held goalless. So the leanest stretch he's ever been through in his career, but he's going to kick four goals, Ben Brown. A nice start on debut for him. Cotson takes the mark, plays on. Now here's an opportunity. Cotton has a bounce. No one near him. Drills it to the goal square. It is a goal to the skipper. He will bounce back with 20 against the Dogs tonight. Over or under, please, Kane? Uh, he needs to. No Prestia, no Martin. Five kicks last week was disappointing. Now, he's not a... You don't judge Trent Cotchin's form on possessions. You judge him on impact. And he's got a great sense of occasion to know when that is needed and to rise to that. I think he will rise tonight. Pencil him in for 22, seven tackles and six big clearances. The Tigers will need it. 50 for the Dockers. Oh, pack loss. Spelt to Monday. Wow. There oh. a goal. Yes, oh, there oh, was. Gee. So Monday, something out of nothing in congestion, puts it through for the Dockers. Now, Cornsey, Fremantle have lost the last 10 derbies by an average of 37 points. They will be better than average on Sunday. Over or under? I think they call it a derby over there, Sammy. Hopefully no one's listening in uh, WA. They'll, uh, they'll get stuck into us for that. Well, they have to. They've they got a better side. On paper, you would take the Fremantle side, but they've been bullied by West Coast for far too long. I'm, I think West Coast will win, but in a close one. West Coast by seven points. So under. What's number four? Here goes Keith with a fist. Get ground level hunter to Bontempelli. He stands up and kicks the goal that puts the dogs up by 16. He puts the gap in the game. Marcus Bontempelli's best Brownlow medal tally was 22 in 2019. He'll go over or under 22 in 2021. Going to have some votes taken off him, isn't he? Trelaw's going to get votes. The others in the midfield, McRae will get votes. Hunter will get votes. Um, but he's going to go over that mark. So that was eighth, 22 in 2019. He finished. The winner had 33, which was Nat Fife. Lockie Neal had 31 votes from 17 games last year. I think the Brownlow's between Petrarca and Bont. Petrarca is a proven getter. He polled 20 in last year's count. I think Christian Petrarca will win the Brownlow medal. I think Marcus Bontempelli will finish second with 27 votes. So over. What's the last one? 
I find it's, it's a lot longer during the quarters. You find you still can get in the groove and get in the momentum shift, but um, after games, I feel like you're a lot more sore, definitely. Um, especially after the weekend, that game, I was pretty banged up, yeah. Are you finding that? I, I think... Um the night games especially, you notice they go for a long time. Okay, this week more coaches and players were whinging about the length of the game. It should be over or under 20 minutes plus time. Gee, I'm sick of this one. I'm sick of the coaches and the players whinging about the length of the game, which has been pretty much the same for a long time, albeit from last year. If you want to cut down the length of the game, cut down the time between goals, the time it takes for the umpire to ball it up, um, the time that we have for score reviews, that's your answer to shortening the game. Don't shorten the playing time. So, no, I think it's spot on. It's neither over or under. It should be as it is. Uh, what do we got? It's a draft-a-thon on the NFL. ESPN, the Cowboys pick is in. We might tell you who they selected on the other side of this. And we're also going to play the quiz in a massive last segment of the Captain's Run this morning. one 736 736 If you want to line up and play the quiz, we'll find you a great prize to give away this morning. And then we'll be back to get the winner and wrap it all up on the other side of this. On SEN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. Now it's time for Chad's Brothers Quiz. That it is. A quick quiz, three questions, NFL draft themed or just NFL themed. Luke's in Sandringham. He's going to kick us off. Hi, Luke. Got you there, Luke? Yeah, yep. Who who went pick one in last year's NFL draft? Uh, Joe Barrow. He did. How many Aussies are currently on an active NFL roster? It's between one and ten. Seven. It's not seven. Let's go to James. Get out of you, James. Hey, good mate. I'll go six. It's not six. Let's go to Anthony, who is on the line. It's between one and ten. It's not seven, and it's not six. How many Aussies are on an active NFL roster, Anthony? Uh, five. It is five. Good man. And for the win, a nice quick edition of the quiz, what school did the number one pick from this year's draft, Trevor Lawrence, attend? Uh, Ohio State. Wasn't Ohio State, Benny? Are we thinking it's a school or a university? What are, what are we calling it? It's, it's university, isn't it? Yeah, university. They call it school or college over there. Just to just to be crystal clear, let's go to Hawthorne and speak to Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, how you going, Kane? What college um, did the number one pick from this year's draft, Trevor Lawrence, attend? Oh, jeez, oh, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. That's okay. Here, I'm sorry. If you don't follow the NFL, it is a tough one, but a lot of people do. Brock's in Diamond Creek. G'day, Brock. How you doing? I'm good, mate. What college did uh, Trevor Lawrence attend? Uh, Colorado. Wasn't Colorado. Um, so let's go to Mick. Welcome to the quiz, Mick. Okay. How are you going? Good, mate. What oh, college okay. did Trevor Lawrence go to? Uh, uh, Washington State. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, Washington State. They might need to give a clue away in a second. Alex is in Heathmont. G'day, Alex. Starts with a C. Hey, how you going? What college did Trevor Lawrence attend? Starts with a C. Uh, Clemson. Yes, we got it in the end. 
sorry to you, Steve. Congratulations to you, Alex. We'll put you back to Benny, who will sort you out uh, with a prize. Not sure was it what it is. Um, the Cowboys have selected a linebacker, and I don't even know if I'm going to have a crack at pronouncing his name. Um, but he's a linebacker who I didn't know, who I didn't know a lot about. Ben's saying to me to have a crack, but the only reason Ben is saying for me to have a crack is because he produces off the bench with Hutchie and Pickers tomorrow, and he needs material. He needs content. He needs Pickers to do all his hard work for him and find these little bits of audio that Pickers just pretends that he finds. He doesn't find them. Pickers doesn't do anything. Pickers rocks up on Saturday morning and he's got a list of audio in front of him that Ben, our producer, has found. So I'm not having a crack at pronouncing that name because you'll put it straight in Pickers' folder. folder. And we've already got the audio this morning of the caller calling me Dwayne, which was unfortunate. And Pickers Pickers will definitely use that. Have a magnificent call on AFL Nation from 6 o'clock. I'll see you next week at 9. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.